All right, you, you know, welcome guys. Welcome to the Brand Identity Design Business Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm your host and I'm very thrilled to have you guys join us for this special Thanksgiving episode uh, for my podcast. Uh, as we gather today on this round table, virtual table on LinkedIn audio, we're not only celebrating the, uh, celebrating the spirit of gratitude, but also concluding our thought-provoking mini episode, mini series episode with Phyllis titled The Branding Fuckery. The aim of this series uh, has been to deep dive into the world of branding challenges challenging conventional notions and uncovering the secret of an authentic and impactful personal brand and we have actually reached the last episode of this mini series with phyllis i want to personally congratulate phyllis for this awesome book because i've been learning quite a lot you know what let me pause that song okay <laughs> and uh, it, it's been really fun it's it's been amazing and I'm really excited for part six. And today we're going to be deep diving and we may extend the show more than 90 minutes uh, because we want to cover as many things as possible. So Phyllis, welcome. Welcome to the podcast once again. If you guys don't know, Phyllis is an awesome individual. She smokes cigars. She has a nice collection of hats. Uh, she does not love cooking. Her husband is a very nice cook. She has been a, a restaurant owner, two restaurants. Uh, she has made a lot of money. She has had two successful restaurants. Now she's a brand strategist. Uh, she also does personal branding. She she is a heck of an entrepreneur, uh, very knowledgeable. And you can talk to her about any freaking thing and she would have an answer for you. <laughs> So yeah, you know she's she's really fun. So let me have a sound effect. Now let's have some applause. Welcome, Phyllis. Welcome to the podcast once again, guys. You know, thank you so much thank for the Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Jason is a hostage keeper, y'all. Don't let him get it twisted. Jason is holding me hostage for a couple of hours. That's what he's trying to tell you. <laughs> With each episode, it gets a little longer and a little longer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So I want to actually, Phyllis actually suggested me a very cool idea in the before we went uh, live. Phyllis was like, you know, Jason, you should have like a paywall for such content because we are actually going in depth. So there is a possibility, guys, if you want to take advantage of the mini series, which we have done, I think I would keep it open for another 15 to 30 days max. Take advantage of this post switch. Probably I will make some arrangements with Phyllis and have like a paywall so that you can not only support Phyllis and also myself. Uh, it would be fairly minimal just just to help with the whole content creation process. I'm th thinking, I'm considering it. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> so I want to thank Phyllis for that suggestion. And I also want to thank each and everybody who was joining our conversation. Brian, Chris, Carol, Mario, Linda, Jay, Cass, Sonal, so nice to see you. Matt again, uh, Marcelo, Lynette, Wade, nice to see you, Wade. Angela and Vanya, once again, thank you so much, guys, for uh, attending this lovely conversation. And thank you, Cass, for the lovely shout-out. You were listening to some of the previous episode. I saw a post on LinkedIn about this. Thank you so much for the shout-out. You guys are amazing. So let's actually move on. I want to first start off with the uh, Snoop commercial, uh, which we were speaking offline just a while about. Uh, I'm going to just play that commercial right now, and you guys would get context because it's related to personal brand, and I think you guys would make sense. And Phyllis is going to dissect it down and explain w the part, you know, which she just explained me just a while back. So the commercial starts something off like this. 
I know what you're thinking. Snoop, smoke is kind of your whole thing. But I'm done with it. Done with the coughing and my clothes smelling all sticky icky. I'm going smokeless. Solo stove fixed fire. They took out the smoke. Clever. <laughs> He's toasting marshmallows, y'all can't see it. Yeah, tell me about this ad. Uh, so yeah, definitely he. So this is Snoop Dogg, whom we are referring to, and Snoop Dogg says that he's gonna give up smoke, and that's what the whole commercial is about. And later on, we see a, sni- a snippet of this. I don't know what this thing. What is this thing? He's. It's a smokeless. It's a smokeless fire pit. Interesting. So like most fire pits put out out their own version of smoke even smokers put out their own version of smoke but this is smokeless so him saying he, he's going smokeless how many first of all for all of you guys that have seen the commercial can i get a thumbs up anybody seen this besides me because i thought it was fabulous there you go carol carol saw it wade saw it if you guys have not seen it then you need to go look at it mario saw it and what it is is that because the reason i started talking about this is because i told um I was telling Jason that I just recorded two new podcast episodes that are coming up talking about personal branding while black. And it was because for some reason in my mind, even as a black person, I never made the connection of rappers, personal brand and, and being part of, of something that was other than just their name, because I'm constantly asked like, well, what personal brands do you see and all that stuff? And I do not try it out the regular. So when I saw this, and if y'all know Snoop Dogg in any shape, form, or fashion, dude always got a blunt. If you don't know what a blunt is, it's a hand-rolled cigar, and it's usually fatter than a regular joint. But he always has a blunt. (laughs) Stop laughing, Kim. He always has a joint. He always has his weed. He has never done anything as far as his personal brand is concerned about, you know, it being something other than a weed-smoking, sipping gin and juice kind of dude. And he's built a reputation on that. And he has built that outside of doing his whole rap thing, him and Dre and all of them doing their East Coast, West Coast, all of that shit is kind of behind him. But he has still been able to like turn this into this particular spokesperson thing. You know what? I'm giving up smoke. And if you guys have not seen it, this video has gotten millions of views because everybody was shocked as shit that Snoop is talking about. He's giving up. He's giving up smoke. Because it's such a part of his personal brand. So it was just amazing to see this and that someone would think to capitalize on it. And a lot of times, the reason why I did that podcast is because a lot of times, like there are black influencers. Don't get me wrong. There are black influencers. There are all these different ethnicities of influencers. But would you ever think that someone would think to tap into, you know what, dude's going to give up some smoke. He's going to give up weed. And that's what everybody's going to think not enough people have a broad enough mind to tap into something like that. And this particular company did. It is not off brand for Snoop to say something like this. It is not off brand for him to represent like this. And it is such a cute ending. Cause like I said, when you see it at the end, when they pan back to him, he's sitting there with his legs crossed out at the ankles and he's toasting his marshmallows and he's giggling. And it just shows a fun side to him. It's like, dude, this is, this is me. And so it's, it's knowing that, that, when you give a personal brand a name, because I'm all for that. 
But a lot of us, we, we have the misguided notion that because we run a business, we have a personal brand. And I'm not saying that every personal brand has to have a name. I'm just saying it's easier to capitalize and turn it into an asset that you can later leave behind as a, as something that that leaves a legacy. And I know Vanya and Angela, they're all about legacy branding. So it, it just hits. So I want you guys to consider that. I'm not telling everybody to run out and get some clever ass name because most of y'all going to do some fucked up shit that is not going to be funny, cute or monetary. So <laughs> do not do it. But it's just just think about how this is going to hit for you when you start doing something like this. I know um, Cass, Cass is an ethical strategist. So if she decided to capitalize on the ethical strategist, <clears throat> partnering, partnering with any type of business that talks about ethics or that she could bring humming sessions to, that's her thing. Vanya is known as the shadow leader because people try to dismiss him because he's in Serbia and they want to treat him as if his business is less than because he's there. Angela is the same thing. That's his wife. Angela is known as the phantom beauty and it gets tied to the shadow legacy of it all. So when we talk about phantom beauty, because she's an artist and she's a phenomenal artist and Vanya is a photographer and tying all of those things together of them working in the shadows, but they still need to, need to get paid the same amount of money as if they were somewhere else. And so coming out of that whole shadow vibe of it, it's like now, you know what? We're building le legacies in the shadow but don't get it twisted. I am not in the dark about how much money I'm going to charge you because people have tried to treat them in such a way that, you know what? You're offshore. That was the term I first heard from them. You're offshore. So you're not professional. And I think Vine even told me someone said, well, if I wanted to pay someone professionally out of state in the States, that's some bullshit because they were my clients. We don't play that game no more. We're not doing that. But it's just knowing that these names are easily remembered Phyllis, for me, is probably going to be a dead name after a certain another generation. I don't even know if anybody has it anymore. But it's with those type of things, when you plan to grow and scale beyond yourself and take your name off of it, then you're looking at an asset that can continue to be used and can be licensed out, that can be placed on other products and services, that can be partnered with other things, that leave a legacy that can continue to, to generate money even after you stop using it. Because if you get to a level of fame where you can just go back to being Carol and Cass and Kim and Brian and all the things, but the name that you gave your personal brand still lives on, sweetie, you ain't got to do shit, but show up and collect your check because it's an asset. The only way you capitalize on your regular name is usually for speaking gigs. So just know that. Snoop, Snoop went all the way. And then I went and I did a little digging. Snoop and, and Martha Stewart came out with a bag, y'all. It's a little clutch ass cross, uh, crossbody purse. And Glendon must have saw it. It's a crossbody purse. And it's called, I can't remember, it's Better Bud Bags or something like that. But the, 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 the latch on it is like a lighter or a vape pen or something like that. Dude is capitalizing on being Snoop Dogg who smokes his bud. So now there's a bud bag with the shoulder thing and you carry your lighter and it closes your purse and all this great shit. So there's a way to capitalize on those things. I could not do that shit with Phyllis. I can't do it with Neil. I can't do it with, with any of the names that we, we use on a regular basis. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up. And I'm going to shut up now because we need to move on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, we were able to dissect uh, that commercial by Snoop Dogg. So just in case, guys, if you have not seen the video, uh, if you click on the three dots, if you're on LinkedIn, 
you should be able to find it under the most recent comment uh, give it a watch if you like to if you're listening to this on replay you should be able to find it on the show notes and just uh, as a thank you for uh, you know sharing this commercial i have a special sound effect and it's going to be funny and this is a sound effect i came up with I know, I know, I know. For Thanksgiving, you know, just to stick to the theme. <laughs> I want to thank everyone else, you know, who is joining. Heather, Tracy, and Lachelle Atkins, American Supermom. Uh, you should meet Phyllis. She is incredible. And and Phyllis, you should meet America's Supermom. She is amazing. I've met her. Oh, you did? That is yeah, incredible. Yeah, that was a while ago. We haven't spoken in a while, but I know who she is. Lovely. That is lovely. So last week, I think we spoke about communication. We spoke about how utilizing communication to bridge the gap between ego and your audience perception. Uh, there are different levels of communication we spoke about in the realm of brand ego. Uh, there were a few components there like actual engagement, empathy, understanding, consistency, consistency, reliability, empowerment and call to action. We addressed a few of those. We also spoke about boundaries and healthy brand ego. Today, we're going to speak about audience, audience of the personal brand. Again, an excerpt from her book. Uh, you know, I would highly encourage you to get the book. Uh, did I actually, so just in case if you want to get a copy of this book, please reach out to me or Phyllis. We will be happy to share you the links so that you can make this uh, purchase. So my next question, uh, you know, to you, Phyllis, is about... Uh, you know, because you spoke about uh, the audience of your person. You spoke about uh, the evolution, the analogy of Beyonce's evolution from Sasha Fierce to Queen Bee. And mm -hmm. it was quite intriguing. And I want you to just touch base on this. So how can... My question related to that evolution of Beyonce is that how can personal brands navigate changes in their identity without losing the loyalty of their audience? The reason I think it, she made such a great tra transition is because people saw Beyonce maturing and they were here for it. And so when you when you think about it from the standpoint of how her music changed, but her performance did not, her values did not, her being did not. But it's like, you know what, I'm maturing into this next level of music or I'm deciding that, you know what, as Queen Bay, I need to bring something different. And it's a little, it, if you notice the difference between Sasha Fierce and Queen Bay, there's a mature attitude there. And so it's not that she took anything away from what she was doing or who she was, but there was a maturity with it that no longer needed to, to depend on Sasha Fierce. And it comes across in her demeanor when she's doing interviews and how she shows up for herself. And so when you talk about being that personal brand that, that is doing something, and this is why it, it, it behooves you so much to depend on the core values of certain things. When I talk about how you how you contemplate what you want for your life, brand, and business, when I talk about you know what the objectives that you have, all of these things speak to a core of something that you want for all of these things, but it does not change who you are. And so when you make sure that that stuff is aligned across the board for life, brand, and business, then as you mature, you do not change, but you grow. And so you're able to speak to certain things that you were never able to speak to before because you're still gaining skill. You're still having a bigger network. You're stepping into new worlds. And as long as if you are still doing that, 
then you're always going to be maturing. And you may even change your mind about certain things, but who you are at your core will not change. I know at my core, I'm an empathetic person. I don't care how mad I get, how selfish I get, how crazy I get. I'm still empathetic. That will not change on any level. But who I'm empathetic with and why I call the ghetto country grandmother an empathic bitch is because, you know what, I have to draw the line somewhere. And a lot of people don't like where I draw the line. So they consider me a bitch. So let me wear that proudly. Yes, I'm going to be that bitch today. But I'm not going to stop being empathetic because I have to talk about the boundaries that are in place for, you know what, I think we're doing too much. One of us needs to back the fuck up because then I'm going to go to petty bitch, which is Phyllis mode. And I don't want to do that in my business. So knowing that that's what's needed in order for me to maintain a level of making sure that I get paid my money. Cause sometimes I know, I don't know if y'all had that problem, but you know, when you first start out and people talk about imposter syndrome, you may not charge because it's like, well, you know what? It's so easy for me or nobody's going to pay me this amount of money. We get caught up in all that shit. No. And Pathy bitch says, you know what? I got all the love for you, but you're going to roll me out my ducats. Trust and believe. So when you're, when you, when you look at Beyonce and like I said, when you watched her mature before your eyes, when she became a mom and now you see Blue Ivy on stage with her, there's a level of, of queenness to that. She's a mother now. So being queen B just hits different because trust and believe as I step on this stage and I do my thing, that is still my child. She did not dress any different. She did not hide. She didn't go like all what was it all covered up and all of that kind of stuff, but we still respect her as a mother, but we also still respect her as the queen and she's leading all of these things. But Sasha fierce was a necessity for her in order for her to continue to do what she did because she had to leave destiny's child and step out on her own. And she, I guess she felt that, you know what, this is the best way to do it. So is that, that, that understanding that, you know what, if you're going to have a personal brand, let it mature and let it grow. Because if you don't, then you're going to stop being that expert. You're going to stop having those experiences and you will be no longer educated. Your education will stop at the point where you thought you didn't need anything else. And that's not what you want to do. A personal brand is an asset if you use it properly. If you think you are a brand, then trust and believe I am not the one for you. There are so many other people out there that will tell you that you are a brand and show up with your whole ass self and all that kind of no. I want you to save some stuff for yourself. We're constantly talking about mental health, but we're putting all of our business out in the street. So we have no secrets. We have no love for ourselves anymore. But then it's like, well, why don't I feel better about myself, sweetie? Because you thought somebody was going to give a fuck because you had a bad day. That's not what your business is for. That's not what your personal brand is for. Your personal brand is for you to make money. Your personal brand is for you to be able to talk about your shit on an intelligent level. Your personal brand is to bring the attitude, the, the sassiness, the calmness, the weirdness, the nerdiness. That is what all of that is for. It is not to lay your shit bare and say, here, walk all over me because I'm being vulnerable and transparent. I am very transparent. I am very vulnerable, but trust and believe it's still about my money. There are certain things that you're just never going to know unless we have a, just a one-to-one -one conversation. Does that make sense, Jason? Yes, it does. It does make sense. I appreciate you sharing about Beyonce. A follow-up to that question which I have uh, is that in what ways do you think can touch points be strategically employed during this evolution, the example which you just gave and you were explaining mm -hmm. about Beyonce, 
to maintain that strong connection with the audience with uh, their personal brand with your personal brand mm-hmm. okay so with your personal brand depending on if you're a business owner or if you have employees um one of the things that that Cass and I talk about a lot of times is internal community or company culture or whatever you want to call it but when you're having those those touch points when you're talking about growing and scaling, you have to realize those touch points are not just touching your audience. And so when we look at this, a lot of people just look at their staff as, oh, I'm just paying them for their skills. And so I know we're going to get to this, but we talk about alignment between the personal brand and the business brand. The business brand is for everybody else. The personal brand is for you. And how you maintain the alignment between those two is how you hire. You can't just go out here and tell somebody, you know what, if you have the skills to do this, come sit down and do this thing. Because the thing that I know from being an employer, if you hire someone for the check, they're going to leave for a bigger check. They are not loyal to the brand. And if you can't have any type of internal loyalty, then, sweetie, how are you expecting your, your customers and your clients to be loyal to you? There is nothing there that's, that's holding them in because if they if there was internal loyalty, your, your, your staff would help you hold it down and they would spread the brand brand. They will be the ambassadors and the advocates and all the other things. And they wouldn't look at it as just a job. And you get to find out like, how am I going to do this thing by myself when you're not, but you have to own certain things of how did, how you want this thing to play out. And that's why they call it strategic because there's strategy. And then there's planning two different things, but everybody gets stuck on, you know what? It's about the brand. And so we treat our audience like it's just about the brand. But the thing about the audience is that they want to know you to a certain degree, but they don't want to know all of you. They want to know the you that says, you know what? They turned into Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? If you can't do anything for them, then it does not matter. If you understand that what you bring is a service. So once once you've taken care of the personal brand, sweetie, then you're cool with saying, you know what? Now I can put you first. Because you're not pouring from an empty cup. So the audience respects that because whatever you're pouring out, the knowledge, the expertise, the experience, all of that love, you're not pouring from an empty cup because you've already taken care of self. When you made this personal brand, you set the brand ego, you have the brand identity, you set the boundaries and said, you know what, this is what the fuck I'm going to do today. And I'm not doing the rest of it because what normal branding does, normal brand strategy is actually branding from the outside in. But when you started from a personal brand, it's branding from the inside out. So when you brand from the outside in, you're starting with a facade. And so people will tell you to do competitive analysis. I don't know if you guys ever do this, but you do a competitive analysis. And so you're looking at their audience compared to your audience. You're looking at their things compared to your things. And so there's all this competition and you're like, I want their audience, but how do I get them? So now they tell you to go find a differentiation. It's like, oh, my, it's just a whole lot of shit. But when I start from the point that this is what I'm good at, this is what I know how to do. And yes, my skills will level up because I'm going to learn some more shit. But I'm giving you what I have to the best of my ability. And I'm not trying to offer you some shit I just learned yesterday and charge you $100 or $1,000 for it. So I know how to stay in my lane till I need to level up my lane. And when you do that, the audience is, is, is tied to you for the duration because they understand it's like, you know, she's not telling me some, 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 she's been doing this shit for a while. She knows how to play this game very well. And then when you decide to break out that new thing, your audience is going to say, oh, she learned some new shit. She's about to level us up because you're doing it in such a way that it's coming from the outside, it's coming from the inside out 
instead of trying to make yourself fit into this box that you created on the outside. And that's what brand strategy that the way that I learned it, it was all based on outside shit. And now you have to fit within those parameters of that outside shit. But no, I'm going to stand right here and then I'm going to build it around me instead of boxing myself in, which is what a lot of people do. It's because they, they will tell you to do some research, find out what your audience wants. Don't give a fuck what you want. I know what I have. And that's the only thing I need to concern myself with because now I'm trying to fit the mold that you created based on me asking you a bunch of questions that I really don't give a shit about because I'm trying to compete with them over there. I don't want to compete. I look at it as, you know what? There's no competition. There are alternatives. So I'm cool with there being alternatives. I don't have a problem with there being alternatives. You need to go over there to that alternative because I am not the one for you because I'm not doing the extra that you demand because you think you got some money in your pocket. So understanding that, like I said, when you understand your audience to that degree, then it's not about the competition. It's like, I'm not pouring from an empty cup. I do this and this is what you came for. So let me pour all of this love on you. And because they understand that you're loving on them on your level to the best of your ability, it hits different. And you don't have to run around and try and make all of these things. I, I don't know if y'all do it. And if I'm throwing a rock and somebody get hit, I'm sorry. But I see these things out here where people are like, well, what do you want me to tell you? Or what do you want to want to know? What do you want me to do next? You're asking them because you don't know. You decided that, you know what, I'm not going to figure out what, what I want to bring to them. I'm just let them tell me and then I'm going to make myself fit into this mold and I'm going to go, go create this thing. Because you have no framework for it. You have no frame of reference for it because you decided they knew better than you did. That's using your audience backwards. And that's branding from the outside in. But when you say, you know what, this is what I want to learn. And this is what I'm going to bring to you guys in a couple of months. Then they know that you wouldn't deal with your, your due diligence because you want to keep that loyalty. Loyalty is such a lacking thing. And social media has made it so that we don't even know how to be fucking social unless we're typing our thumbs off. It needs to come different. If we're talking about personal branding, then like I said, don't take that shit personally, but personally go get your fucking money. Make sure that you're endorsing your business better than anybody else before you go out here and hire an influencer to do it. Make sure that you can speak about your business on an intelligent level and not on a sales level. Make sure that you're creating content that benefits someone and just, instead of just saying, you know what? And when I get done with this, I'm y'all been to those webinars where it's 15 minutes of, I'm going to tell you this process and the last 45 minutes is them telling you how to, how I'm going to sell you some shit. <laughs> Don't be that person. I've seen that. Yeah. I agree. Don't be that person. Go ahead, Jason. I'm done. No, no, no. I have actually been through those webinars. Yeah. I, I actually see a lot of people actually doing LinkedIn audio rooms similarly, but then they're like, I'm, go I'm going to yeah. tell you the secret. And they yap. I'm going to tell you just, how to make money on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. And they okay. just keep bragging and talking about their shit. Uh, the stuff which they have done almost for like 45 minutes and maybe towards the end, maybe they would give you like one or two pieces. Yeah, fake ass people. I don't like mm -hmm. them. I personally don't endorse them. But yeah, I want to actually... So so would it be fair to say, Phyllis, like, you know, how we are doing it? Like, mm -hmm. I, I concluded that we wanted to do a mini series. Again, spot on idea. Like, I, I was like, you know, let's do this. I spoke to you. Okay, and we decided to make this happen. So... That's what is building up the whole loyalty thing. And I'm not actually going backwards. Like we have an idea in, uh, or a, a plan in place. We're just following it. And we're mm -hmm. feeding. Would that be a fair assessment? Or uh, do you think I could do something different there? 
in that case? No, I think it's a fair assessment because you you had something in mind that you wanted to do. And what I'm, I'm, you may as well call me the guinea pig because you're <laughs> learning what you do. And, and I'm, I don't have a problem with it. I know it's funny, but I don't have a problem with it. But you're learning what you can and cannot do in a miniseries or what you do and don't want to do in a miniseries because you found out how much work it actually is to create a six part series and stay on topic. And not everyone is going to have a book that they can pull from or knowledge and expertise. And they're not going to be able to give you something that you can ask the questions that you ask. Because if you guys have not been interviewed by Jason, one of the great things about getting interviewed by Jason is that he always gives you the questions ahead of time. So you're not surprised. You're not put on the spot. You're not slammed with anything. But he can do that because he has something that, that he can pull from. He has your book. He has your website. He has something. And if you're showing that knowledge on the regular, then it's easier for the host. When you talk about you want to be on a podcast and you have no content for them to pull from, for them to ask you intelligent questions, then you look stupefied and you make yourself look less than because you were not expecting that question. But if you have the education, the expertise and, and the expertise and the experience, then it's easy for you to get on anybody's podcast and make it relevant to the audience that they have. Because I know people go out here and they reach out like, I want to be on a podcast. I'm Do you even recognize the audience? Is their audience even for you? And if they are, what can you bring them that's relevant to them? Because the thing that you want to do is make your host look good, but you still want to get your point across. And while, while we've been talking about my book this whole time, I ain't told y'all to go buy the book. Jason told y'all to go buy the book. I have not told y'all to go to Brandy University because that is not my thing. If y'all go to my site and that's, that's not what this is for for me. This is one because Jason asked me and usually I, I try and accommodate Jason because I love Jason. Y'all just don't know that's my brother from another mother. But it's, it's that type of vibe. But then it also puts me in a mindset, you know what? I can talk about this 10 ways to Sunday because I know my process well enough that I know that my clients aren't linear. So I may start off over here in contemplation and end up over here at language because you know what? My client needs to go there with me because they're like, well, I'm not ready for that yet. Can we do this? And because I can mix my stuff up and I know how to mix it up, it hits for everyone. It's like, I don't need to, to I don't need the code. I don't need to camp. I don't need to play. I need to calm the fuck down. Okay. And me and Jason talked about what it means to calm down through my process. We talk about what it means to clap back through my process. It's still the same 12 blocks, but I just rearrange them because this is what we're going to do right here today. And so when you when you have an audience and you have expertise, experience and all of those type of things where you can bring that value, then you don't have to worry about what the audience is hit with because you always hit them with the same shit. It's just a different day. But I'm talking about my shit differently and it's going to hit you differently. If any of y'all have ever been to church and I was ready Church of God in Christ, y'all, you've ever been in church. Y'all know you can read a scripture 10 different times and it's going to hit you 10 different ways. You can have somebody preaching on the same scripture 20 different times and it's going to hit you 20 different ways. And that's what your process and your frame, what should be like. And that's why your audience trusts you because your shit don't change. My guy down there, Sean, Sean shit don't change. It is digital hospitality all up and through. And he has never tried to pitch anything else. He ain't trying to tell you to read a book. He tell you to break out that smartphone, go tell your story because ain't nobody else going to tell it for you. I know his shit backwards and forwards because that's all he does. And that's how you get that. that that's how you get that audience and you build that loyalty. But some of us don't want to put in the time and in in, in take up space. And I see a lot of us out here that they think branding is easy. 
They think that there's going to be, you know what, let me hit her with a session and then I'm going to be good to go. Branding takes time. Sean has a lot of spokes, spokesperson opportunities because he has put in the time and I've been watching him put in the time. So when he comes back and say, you know what, I'm doing this new thing. I know why it is. His message has not changed and he has been consistent in his shit. And you know what, you know, can you come represent for us? So I'm glad he showed up here because he is a prime example of that. And so is, is that his audience, his audience loves him. I love him because like I said, I've had his barbecue too. Y'all just didn't know that. Now I've been to San Diego going to have his barbecue, but his, there's a level of consistency that needs to happen. And if you're going to do this for the long haul, you can go advertise all you want to, but trust and believe advertising is short term, but branding is long term. And it's what keeps you consistent and memorable that's going to get you the most money. And a lot of people don't want to put in that time. It's like, well, I've been doing this for six months. You know, some people have been doing this for two years. But people get the misguided notion that it happened overnight. No, it didn't. When I say I had a multi-million dollar restaurant business, trust and believe that shit did not happen overnight. It was not that. We were out there at the farmer's market hollering barbecue, barbecue, barbecue to get known, to get seen, to get heard. And then, you know what? Somebody one day said, you know what? Let's feature them in the LA Times. And after we were featured in the LA Times, it just blew up from there. It's just being consistent with that same message. We did nothing but barbecue. That was it. And the audience was loyal to that. There's an audience that's still loyal to us. There are people still... We closed our restaurant in 2018. Do y'all know folks still ask me when y'all going to open a restaurant? When you kiss my whole ass because I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening. Come on, Jason. This is Miss Thane going to come back to the whole restaurant <laughs> thing. Yeah, so yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing what you have shared. And, and I totally agree. Branding is long term and advertisement is kind of short term. So, you know, guys, you know, I, I hope you are enjoying this conversation. I just want to let you guys know there's a share button right at the bottom of the screen. So if you are engaged and if you like some of your friends or peers to join this conversation, feel free to share it, repost it or send it as a DM. There is also a react button next to it. So if you do find anything interesting, please feel, feel to utilize it. I was playing around with it. I wish they had more options other than the four. I really wish LinkedIn would do something about that. But anyways, let's actually move on to the next excerpt from your book where you speak about marketing for maximum attraction. And in mm -hmm. this in this section of your book, I'm really surprised I remember all of this stuff. And this is the part <laughs> of the mini series, you know, which I found a big challenge because you have to remember how you started, how you're going. Uh, and it is a truly exhaustive process. At the same time, I am also learning quite a lot, quite a, a lot here. So, you explain something about TAM, which is called as total available market. Then you call something RAM, which is reachable available market, and the last one was available target market. So, ATM, yeah. yeah, TAM, RAM, and ATM. So, mm -hmm. could you could you would you mind explaining these concepts first of all? Not a problem because what, what you always want to get to is the ATM. ATM is where the money resides and y'all know that. 
So your available target market is what you're trying to reach with that audience. But I'm going to back it up to Tam. Tam, total available market. You guys can say, we're just going to use LinkedIn as our, as our, our Tam. You have total availability to anyone on LinkedIn. Technically, it has millions of people. Technically, that is the total available market on LinkedIn. But then you have to realize that you can only reach so many of them. So when you reach the people that you're connected to, the people that you follow or the people that follow you, that's your reachable available market. But even though you can reach them, algorithms will fuck with you and say, no, you can't, not today. (laughs) They won't put your stuff out to them. So the people that really are your available target market where the money resides are the people that click that bell. And every time you have something to say, they get a little ding. And that is, that is just a really condensed version, but we have a total available market based on all of the platforms that we use, because in this day and age of the internet, you are all global brands and you don't realize it. The world is available to you, but the total available world that's available to you may be only English speaking because I don't speak any other English. My first language is bad English. Okay. I know that, but I can't reach the total available market to me is not reachable for me because I only speak English. And so when I go out here and I put out content, and especially when we're crossing cultural lines, sweetie, you may offend somebody by the shit that you do. And I know I offend a lot of people because I cuss like a sailor, but that ain't my problem. That's theirs. But the people that I reach, the people that I'm intentional about, Claudia, I love Claudia because she laughs at everything that I say. (laughs) But the people that I reach, are the people who are who I'm checking for because I want to build up enough of an audience so that I reach the right people. So when you, if you guys are on LinkedIn, again, we're going to stick with LinkedIn. The people that we're able to reach, if the algorithm does not let us reach them, then we can go into the DMs and we can reach everybody that we're connected to and that we follow. We can touch each one of them and say, here, come, 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 come hear me, come watch me, come like this post. We can hit every last one of them. They're reachable for you but they're not all checking for you. So you have to get down to the ATM. And like I said, the ATM is where the money resides. Your available target market are the people like in this room right now, this is my available target market. If I was marketing something, this would be the place to do it. And within this available target market, within within this ATM is where you find your ideal client. A lot of you guys have pulled an ideal client out your ass because someone said, well, who's your ideal client? Yes, we all have that unicorn client that we want. But it's like, you know what? That's not who's checking for you. Because if you look at your audience and you're understanding your audience, like I say, because if you've been pouring out the right shit, then you know who's in your audience. I know the folks that follow me are shiny object chasing motherfuckers that, you know what? I got too much on my plate. How do I fix this? I know that. And I'd say mother, motherfucker in a very loving way, trust and believe. <laughs> but it's, it's knowing that the part of my audience, what they are about, and they're trying to move forward, but they're stuck because a lot of people can't DIY. They can't DIY brand strategy because they don't know what questions to ask themselves. They don't know what message to put out there. So they keep changing the message. They keep changing the channel. And so there's this inconsistency like, well, let me talk about this. Again, it goes back to, you know what? What do you guys want me to tell you today? You should know that. You shouldn't be asking your audience. And then once you get that ideal client and you started working with them, they're going to tell you what the rest of your audience needs because they're starting to fill up with those type of people. Because you have this available target market that 
you know what? I'm going to sit here and listen to you. I just don't want to listen to you no more. And once you know that ATM, then you can make the cream rise to the top, which is your ideal client. If you know that there are certain aspects about them, if you know there are certain things about them, because a lot of you won't name your ideal clients. I call my ideal clients brand babies, but that's just me. But I know within those brand babies, I say, oh, you got to be at least 45 to ride this ride because I am not for everyone. I know that millennials are not my target market because I don't want to put up with the bullshit. But there are exceptional, um, there are exceptional uh, millennials out there because there are certain ones that I can because they have old souls. Because I'm old school. And so there are certain millennials that I real, will rock with, but they are few and far between. I know that my folks are, are cool with, with, with cigars. I'm not saying they have to smoke cigars. I'm saying they're cool with it. I know that my people have a certain lifestyle. I know that, that my clients need to be making a certain amount of money. And I'm saying generating revenue. I'm not talking about the money that they take home and that they keep. But you should be generating a certain amount of revenue if you want to mess with me. So knowing those type of things and naming those people and calling them out when you're doing your marketing or when you're creating your content, you can say something as simple as like, I know you was eyeballing that Benz. And I promise you, anybody that's been eyeballing the Benz is going to start to perk up just a little bit. Well, what are you about to say? Because that's my car. That's the car I want. I want an S-Class and da, 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 and all the things. And it was just like that. Something else you can say, you know what? Trying to run a business and be a parent, you know who's going to be listening to you? entrepreneurs that are parents. You can name them that easily and you don't have to name them all the time. And so you start to build your, you start to fill your available target market with these type of people. But because you don't call them out in your content because you think, oh, well, I can speak to everybody. No, the fuck you can't. Because everybody is not in your ATM. Everybody, that's not where your money, you can reach them all, but you can't have them all. It's a thing. So recognize when you're trying to get to the ATM, then you're going to find your ideal client. And again, the ATM is where the money resides. It is not in the TAM. It is not in the RAM. It is in the ATM. All right. Does that help, Jason? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Just in case if people are struggling with the acronym, it's total available market. That is TAM. Reachable available market, which is RAM. And available target market where you make the money, which that's why I think that's why Phyllis calls it as an ATM. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate all the acronyms and I appreciate you explaining people with LinkedIn as a guinea pig. Uh, yeah, I think I think people <laughs> people understand this. People would understand this concept very well uh, with that explanation. So. So at this moment, you know, let's actually de dissect and uh, move ahead with marketing for maximum attraction. My other question, which I have, because in your book, you emphasize the importance of having a niche and understanding the nuance of your audience. Maybe you touched mm -hmm. base this on uh, while you were explaining the ATM acronym. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I want to understand is that how can creating boundaries, because you spoke about boundaries previously, through this niche, uh, niche marketing, Enhance the efficiency in resource allocation, contributing to establish a lasting relationship with that audience. Do you think, can you think of maybe any example of any brands who might be using this strategically? Um, a lot of the bigger brands are doing it. I can't tell you about smaller brands, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a thing with big brands. 
And part of what, when we talk about niching, a lot of people don't know that there's a difference, a difference between vertical niching and horizontal niching. And a lot, because people only hear it one way, they think they have to go down instead of go wide. For you people who cross um, certain industries or regions or whatever it is, you're trying to niche horizontally. So what you want to tap into is that, you know, I'm, I'm concentrating on this problem that I fix. You come to me if you want to communicate with unicorns in the dark every blue moon. That is your niche. It has nothing to do with I coach professionals and, and C-suite people and entrepreneurs. Who, that's Yeah, no. Would you mind explaining I, that, Phyllis? What is this vertical and horizontal niche? Okay. Like I say, horizontal niching goes crossways. So if you hone in on the problem, on a solution, on um, a particular thing that crosses industry lines, then you want to go horizontal. So if you're a business coach, what is the problem that you fix that can hit every type of coach that's out there? You don't have to just focus on transformational coaches. You don't have to just focus on business coaches. You don't have to just focus on, on um, authenticity coaches. But what you focus on, all three of these people have a problem. They all have the same problem. They all have the same problem that when they communicate, the message gets lost. So what I do is I help coaches cre create some type of communication that gets heard and it does its thing. That is actually a niche. I'm not being very specific because it can get very detailed depending on who it is, but that, that is a niche and that's being a horizontal niche. Like with me, if we could take it back to the restaurant, our niche was barbecue, but then we can, we could have taken that even further say, we only do competition barbecue. We only do the four meats of, bar of competition barbecue. So you can get that as a niche. But if, when you start, like I said, because we wanted to cross all these different lines, you got to find the one thing that crosses all those lines. You got to find that thread if you're going to go horizontal. Otherwise, when you try to dig down and you know that you don't like that fucking problem that you always have to tap on, you can't talk about it consistently. You can't brag about it consistently. You can't bring nothing to the game with it. Then, sweetie, that's not your niche. But if you figure out like this is a stream of consciousness that goes through all of these different people. And they could be 10 different things, but that commonality, that is the niche. So if it's like, I, I, I work with coaches who don't know how to swim, who want to do classes underwater, and that is a niche. But you didn't say, you know, I help you communicate better and do this thing and get more clients and make, generate more revenue. Everybody does that. We're all here to generate more revenue. But can you tell me how you do that? Because I fixed this problem. That problem is a horizontal niche. It'll cross all of these different barriers. It will cross industries. It will cross um, communities. It will cross cultures. As long as you can speak about it in a way that touches that thing. And then, like I said, because you're naming these people, I fix this for, you know what? These are, these are moms who have at least two kids. And what they have a problem with is consistently making lunch for their children. You're not, you're not narrowing in on the food. You're not narrowing in on the carrots and the, the healthy shit. You know what? No, we're just going to fix the problem of making lunch consistently for your five-year-old children. Because I know how to make five-year-old lunch because I got a five-year-old kid. And so now you get to create all this content around that horizontal niche. And this crosses all kinds of cultures because you know what? I don't care if I'm living in India, Africa, Asia, wherever. 
I, I have a hard time making lunch every day because I don't want to. So how do you make them want to? Oh, baby, I got a solution for you. And that becomes your niche. You do not have to make it. I only do stuff within the marketing industry with copywriting. You don't have to go down vertically. You can go crossways. But you have to know your shit well enough to go crossways. Mm -hmm. I tell people my main focus is I do cooks, coaches, and creatives. Because one, I've owned a restaurant. So I know what you're talking about when you're talking about you need to do stuff and you have to do front of house and back of house and all. I can talk that language and talk to the person that's the head of that about his personal brand. I can talk coaching because I was a business coach and I know what coaching looks like. And I know a lot of people that call themselves coaches don't understand that part of being a good coach is listening. If you're talking more than you're listening, then trust and believe you got a coaching problem because you won't shut the fuck up. Okay. I can talk about creatives because I have a creative family. My creativity just has to come out, happens to come out in writing. My daughter draws, so does my husband. They're both artists. So I understand being creative, but not feeling like, you know what? Most creative people that are artistic with their hands, they don't know how to run their mouths about their shit. Because it's like, well, I just draw. It's no big deal. So they don't talk about their stuff. I understand that about creatives. So it hits different. And you get to you get to understand that particular thing of this is why I focus on them because I speak the language. Do I help anybody else? Hell yeah. But I don't talk to them on the regular because I know cooks, coaches, and creators. Okay, if you're an engineer, yes, I can still help an engineer, but I'm not talking to you. And this is what I talk about. the eight, I know where my money resides. I know where my ATM is. So cooks, cooks coaches, and creators and service-based business owners within that industry, that's who, you talk, that's who you talk to consistently. But the thing that you also have to realize is even though you're talking to them, other people are listening. Because like, oh, I got a cousin that's a coach. I got a cousin that's, uh, my, my friend is about to open a restaurant. It may not apply to them. And a good example of this that I tell people is I smoke cigars. My husband smokes me. I smoke, uh, my husband spoke, I can't even get it out. <laughs> my husband smokes meat. I smoke cigars. But my husband buys most of my cigars. And you know how he buys them? He goes somewhere where he sees cigars and he'll say, you know what? My wife likes chocolate. She likes coffee and she likes sweet. What do you suggest? And so while he is not loyal to a brand, he's loyal to the description of the brand. He knows that's his niche for getting me a good cigar that I will like. That is a niche. And so they end up giving him something and he has yet to bring me a bad cigar. And because of him, I found my favorites. But understanding those things about where, where you're tapping into Sweetie, don't think that you got to go digging down deep into to this, this ATM is only this big. Because the other part of that ATM that you have to understand is like, even though there are a thousand people here, I can only handle 10 of them at a time. So when you talk about you want 10,000 followers, but you can only do 10, why the fuck are you worried about the other 9,000 and something out there? You know that conversion rates usually are anywhere from 1% to 5%, depending on how strong your game is. So I know that I need this many people in my ATM. I'm not talking about your TAM. Within my ATM, I needed the, at least this, this many people because I'm going to convert at least 1%. So if I got 100 people, I know I need at least one person out of that 100. And so that's my conversion rate. If I know my shit is good and I convert two, so then I still know that I, I'm doing 2% conversion. So I need this type of audience. 
And so when you begin to expand your audience and you begin to, to, to stretch out your boundaries, sweetie, you fill that shit up. And then you start to, I'm just keeping it based on this niche. I need y'all in here. It's a thing. Does that explain it? Yes, um, yes. So, I... so, so, so okay. the point you're trying to make is that once you select your niche, it's automatically going to help you create some healthy boundaries around the niche. And how, how does... That is going to help you create the healthy boundaries, but it's also going to help you with your messaging because you're going to stick to a message and it's not about trotting out the same shit over and over and over. You just find different ways to tell that same story. So, Abs- go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. And along with that, I think uh, because you have narrowed down yourself to that extent, it's also going to help you to be more resourceful with the money you have or your marketing budget or your advertising budget, whatever it is, right? You'll try to make the best out of it because you're not trying to reach everyone uh, in Mm -hmm. the table. So that makes sense. You know, that's really cool. I I appreciate that, uh, you know, what you have shared. That makes a lot of sense. All right, next question for you. So your book suggests that marketing theme is the glue that holds everything together in branding efforts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So would you mind explaining on that? You know, what's a well-crafted marketing theme? Uh, <laughs> how, how does this thing work? You know, help us understand. Okay. So a thing when you're doing your marketing, a lot of us go all over the place. But one of the things, like I say, based on your personal brand, knowing how you want to come at your audience based on the message that you're putting out there, there's a theme there. My theme is to be nurturing in some shape, form, or fashion. And while people may say my shit is rough around the edges, which it just is, but I'm always trying to be nurturing. I want to see you guys grow. And so my theme, when I'm putting out something, hopefully I remember that, you know what, this is a nurturing atmosphere. And that becomes a theme. If you know that, that part of what you you want to do, depending on what your, your game is, finding that theme that you can constantly run, again, it helps to make your, your message consistent because there are too many inconsistent things out here. Knowing that, that say, if we're just going to go broad, one, I, no, let me go back. I did one where my, my um, I think I was trying to do it around Valentine's Day or something like that, but, or, or, I can't remember what it was, but I know I use Lord of the Rings because I love Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's one of my favorites. But talking about Lord of the Rings from the space of love and how all of these rings, these seven rings mean a different thing. So if you decide that, you know what, I can talk about jewelry all the time. What kind of thing can I make with my particular brand that I can tie to something that keeps me on theme? And this thing can last for like five, 10 years or whatever. But you might decide that it can still stay on brand, but I'm changing the theme because I went from nurturing and now I leveled up and I want to I want to give. So how am I going to turn this into something that I'm giving? And so the thing becomes, you know what, when I put out content, let's talk about giving you some love today. Let's talk about giving some 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 attention over to this thing. You try to find all of these different things and then you find synonyms for those things. So there's more than one way to say give. So now you break out a fucking thesaurus and it's like, okay, all of these different things apply to what I'm saying. So when I'm talking about this, when I'm doing this marketing and when I'm putting my message out there with this theme, it's like, this is how I switch up the game. I don't have to use this same damn word all the time. I can talk about nurturing. I can talk about empowering. I can talk, and I hate empowering now because it's old to me, but all of these different ways I could talk about nurturing. 
But I know as a brand mother, it's my job to nurture. So my theme is to always be nurturing, regardless of how I speak and how I sound. Because the people who are for me, who are in my ATM, are going to understand that y'all just don't understand. You're listening to the words, but you're not hearing her. So you think she sounds harsh and mean and all the things, but trust and believe that was a whole lot of love you just got. She was just trying to help you grow. And that's what that means. So when you're doing your marketing and everything that you put out is not marketing. You have content and then you have content marketing. You have um, you have marketing and you have marketing strategy. There's all these different things that you need to put into play. But as long as you have the marketing theme, you can now turn your theme into campaigns. You break that campaign down into what keywords are going to tap into this and it's going to do its thing. And so you get to show up consistently with this all the time. And because we're independent business owner and because everybody is telling us all these different things, it's like, which one fits? The only thing that fits you is what's for you. And that's what you need to understand. So if you're going to grow and scale, you might decide that, you know what? Everybody's talking about 10K a month, but what I actually, I'm just trying to get to five. Let me get to five first before you try to blow me up to 10 because I'm not even making a hundred yet. So then you start figuring out the message that you're going to put out there based on how much you're going to charge, based on the niche that you've chosen, whether it's the problem, whether it's the solution, whether it's the pain point, whether it's the the the, the desire. Because you can tap into a desire as a, as a, as a niche. This is what you desire. If you've been in this game for 10 years and you've been making this kind of money and you know that this is a thing, this is what you desire. And I can say that because this is what I've done. And so now you've tapped into that desire and that is your niche. And that is the shit that you're going to ride all the way to the bank is what you get to own. And then, like I said, because you put a theme behind it, you know what? That's my thing, but I'm going to give it to you like this. I'm going to turn it over to you like this. I'm opening my hand to make it a thing for you. It's all of these different things that are just for you. So it's, it's, Knowing that that you want that that particular thing to work and you know that you you want to bring it to a to a certain level where you know what, how am I going to up my marketing game? And you do have to market your shit. And a lot of you don't market. And marketing is for me is just endorsing, endorsing your brand. How are you going to endorse it? Because if you can't talk about it, nobody else can. Your clients won't talk about it even if you gave them some certain result because they never hear you talk about it. They don't know how. Well, I can tell you what he did for me. And this is why they tell you, you know what? Your brand is what whatever people perceive it to be because you didn't make it clear what it was. You didn't say that this was a thing. And that's what your marketing needs to do. Your marketing is for when you're ready to sell something, but your content strategy, how am I going to put this out here for when I get ready to market? Because I'm going to say like every four, every fourth, post that I make on LinkedIn is going to be a marketing one, but my content is always going to be about this theme of giving. So this is just my content, but ah, here it is. I need y'all to roll me out some money for this right quick. How about that? Or I need y'all to just drop me an emoji because your call to action does not always have to be monetization. You're just trying to get some engagement. If you're trying to make sure that people are listening to you and they're reading your shit, you know, drop me some thumbs in, in, in the comments. I don't need you to type me no words. Just drop me some thumbs in a comment. And that's how, when you talk about how do you gauge if your personal brand is doing its thing, sweetie, if people are actually listening and they're giving you thumbs up, then you know you're doing your job. You know that you're, you know that you're hitting them because they actually read your shit. 
They didn't just look at the picture. That is how you do it. So marketing themes and all of that type of thing and digging down into the campaigns and creating that, that, that connection, that is going to be your biggest thing. But learn how to start talking about your own shit. Seriously. Seriously. Jason, did I answer the question or did I take left? <laughs> no, you did. You did. Okay. Because I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I want, I, I want to, you know what? I did not play that sound effect again. I have to. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. It's not stopping. <laughs> All right. All right. So I want to let the audience know, our listeners, that, you know, we are trying to keep this funny, light, humorous and informative at the same time. Not like the other people who do shit on LinkedIn, like, you know, they half ass and promote (laughs) themselves. And uh, eventually, you know, they say all this crap. So we are trying to keep it content loaded, informative loaded, information loaded, stuff like that. So if you do have questions, you know, I would recommend that you park those questions. Uh, we will start Q&A in about 15 minutes. And uh, I want to let you guys know that we have a Thanksgiving surprise. We would be doing some sort of a trivia. Okay. And we will have a little fun. So let's actually move to positioning. Okay. I'm really interested. So I don't know why did you call it positioning as you sit in pretty. First of all, it was difficult to pronounce it. Uh, with the <laughs> DNN. Have you ever heard the term sitting pretty? No, I, I, it was yeah. very surprising to me. So I, I don't understand. So would you mind explaining why do you call this positioning as you sit in pretty first place? Um. Okay, just a quick, quick kind of poll. Do you guys know what positioning is? Thumbs up if you do. Just give me a thumbs up. Okay, I got one, two, three. Matt, why are you laughing? <laughs> Okay, buying your four. Okay, so that's positioning. How many of you have ever heard the phrase sitting pretty? Hey, Sonel, I see you too. How many of you have heard the phrase sitting pretty? Okay, so for you, Jason, sitting pretty, sitting pretty means like you're you're in a good place. It's like, you know what, you went out and you did something and because it worked out the way that you wanted it to, now you're sitting pretty. It's just a way of saying, you know what, good job. I'm, I, I got what I wanted. And a lot of times it's tied to money, but it's not always money. It's like if you got the attention that you wanted, then you're sitting pretty. If your ATM is filled with the people that you want to do business with, then you're sitting pretty. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. So comfortable. So So being comfortable. Okay. So when, when we talk about positioning, a lot of times when people are talking about positioning, they're mostly talking about business brands and how they position themselves in the market. And if you talk about positioning, they talk about what price, product, placement, and I forget the fourth P, but usually it's four or five P's in there. But when we're talking about it from a personal brand, your personal brand has to sit somewhere as well. A lot of us take our, our business brand and we position that, but we don't position our, our personal brands. And so when you're talking about a personal brand that's sitting pretty, it's sitting in an audience that, you know what, everybody is listening to you for some reason, whether they're haters or not. Because I actually love haters now because they talk about you more than the people that like you. (laughs) But but when you're talking about positioning, you're trying to take up space. And if you don't know how to take up space, then you're not positioning yourself anywhere. You're not showing up anywhere. 
And so when you talk about positioning, your personal brand also needs to be aligned with the position of your business brand, even though they're two different entities. And so when you're when you're positioning a personal brand, I position my personal brand as a nurturing mother vibe. And how I position myself is, you know, what I'm the business mom that you didn't know you wanted. So when you take up this place in people's mind, when people think about grandma, how are they thinking about me? Because I want you to know that even though I speak bad English, a bitch is expensive by some people's standards. Don't think that I'm, I tell people I'm cheap and easy, just not on the same day. Big one. <laughs> but how you position your personal brand is just as important as how you position your, your um, business brand. And especially for you all that want to become authors and speakers and so forth and move out in that world. Sweetie, you have to position yourself in such a way that people want you to speak, that it, they want to read the book that you wrote. And if you're not thinking of those positions, and then like I say, how are you aligned with this business? Because if you over here doing your thing and your personal brand is, is loud and crass and, and just acting simple, but you have this polished and professional, as they will put it, I hate the word professional, but you have this polished and sedate website, there's misalignment there. You're not positioned to be aligned with this. You're not positioned to be aligned with the, the crowd that you go to. Like there, there are chambers and, and different things of that nature. Are you positioning yourself to be seen in that space? How I position myself in a room when I'm networking, people are like, oh, well, who are you? You know what? I'm the ghetto country grandmother, but for this event, you can call me Phyllis. How about that? Or you can call me grandma. Take your pick. I'm taking up space in that room. So talking about sitting pretty is like everybody sitting there pointing at me like, oh, did you hear what she said? That is a version of sitting pretty. And that's that's me positioning myself to not blend in with the rest of y'all with these name tags on. I'm the grandmother, bitch. Don't come in here trying to treat me like, oh, well, who are you and what do you do? I don't need to take up a space like that. And the same is it's the same for when you're on LinkedIn. How are you positioning yourself on LinkedIn as the expert? as a person with experience, as a humorous person, as a, as a sexy person, that is positioning your brand. But it's only positioning your personal brand because it's the one that's constantly opening an actual mouth. So if you want to position yourself as, you know what, I'm very calm and I'm very ladylike, that is taking up a position. It's not about the positioning of, I take, I have an opinion about this and I have an opinion about that. That can be part of your positioning as well. If you're all about sustainability, then you're positioning yourself in that way. Because when you talk and you open your mouth and you're creating your content, whether it's a carousel, a video, a picture or whatever, that is helping with your positioning. When And you don't have to, y'all, even though you're expensive, please stop using the words premium and luxury and VIP. That does not position you. That's just words on it. Everybody uses them. So all you're doing is blending in with everybody else that says they're premium and luxury and high end and all those things. But you can find other ways to make sure people understand. I, I, one of my clients, I, I told him, when you do your stuff, tell me, you know what? People used to think I was crazy when I said it was $10,000 for a consultation. And that's all you need to say. And you go on with the rest of your story. But what you've done is now position yourself as like, oh, I can't talk to her. I ain't got no 10 grand. Or people like, oh, is that all? I, 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 can, I can continue to listen. People will cancel themselves out. And you talk about generating better leads. Sweetie, part of the things you have to talk about in your content positions you to have that better lead. So when people understand, like, you know what? 
This is what she's about. She's in the personal branding industry, but she's about strategic personal branding. No one's talking about strategic personal branding. They're just talking about, you know what? Get some attention. Sweetie, that's PR. I know what PR is, but I'm not talking about PR. I'm talking about having a strategy for doing this shit so that you can have the money that you want to have and so that your personal brand can take up space. And it's not just paying lip service. So if you want to own a position, what are you owning? Do you want to own the position of, you know what? Everybody got happy when they got the banners or the little thing that LinkedIn gave them. Everybody's excited about them little yellow banners. Oh, they said I was this. Is that really what you meant to be? Because when I look at some of them and then I look at what you do, I'm sorry if y'all can hear my dog, but I look at some of those and I look at what you do and I look at the hashtags that you have and the type of content that you put out. It's like, wow, how'd they get that one? Because LinkedIn told you where you sit. They positioned you. You didn't. I know Jason talks about he wants one for podcasting. Jason, did you get it? Or are you? Or didn't you get that one? I have to lose the one which I have. I'm trying to lose it, but it's not going away. Okay. Would you believe so, that? But I'm I, trying to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. He wants to position himself within the podcasting industry. So how he positions himself, and I've noticed that his content has changed around talking all things podcasting. So he wants to be seen as that expert in this industry, but he wants to be seen as this expert in the industry, but how are you going to get paid for this? So it's like, okay, I'm this expert. So maybe I do some consulting. So the last time I consulted, I did this thing. And so it, it, you get to start planting seeds and this puts you in a position in people's mind. And this is why I talk about controlling the narrative. It's not all about storytelling. People think that that's the, the end all be all of being a personal brand or having a personal brand, telling the right story. That's not it. You want to know that when I talk about being the ghetto country grandmother, baby, I was raised hooded Jason by a country mama, but I am bringing all the goodness. I own this space. I know there are probably other grandmothers out there now, and that's fine by me, but you are not the ghetto country grandmother because I trademarked that shit. So the space that I want to take up, is nurturing you to build a personal brand that leads to your business brand on how you endorse it so that you can make the money that you actually want to make and so that you can leave somewhat of a legacy. It's up to you how big that legacy is. But baby, I'm here for that. Because the reason I believe a lot of us do what we do, we like what we do for one thing, but the other part is we want to be remembered after we're done. I want to feel like I left something in the world besides my children. I want to be remembered. And asking people what they want to be known for, sweetie, then you have to position yourself to be known for that. Jason, do you hear the dog? Yes. Yes, I do. I am so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I know if this was on a different platform. I can make the turkey noise if you like. <laughs> no. <laughs> But putting certain content out there, when you're putting out your content and you're making these statements and you're putting on LinkedIn or Instagram or anywhere else, you have to take a position. Your expertise, your education, and your experience helps you take up that position. The number of years you've been doing this helps you take up that position. There are people like, I've been doing this for five years. Somebody else said, I've been doing it for 10. Who are you, gonna, who are you going to pay? The person has been doing it for 10 years or the one that's been doing it for five. Okay. Well, you've been doing it for 10. Let me listen to you a little longer. And so you get to listen to that. And then it's like, okay, but I've been doing this for 10 years. And then I had a hundred clients. 
Okay. But the ones who've been doing it for five years had 500 clients. Okay. Now you have to weigh quantity or quality. What is it about? So positioning yourself to take up space the way you want to is about how you put this game out here. The content, the messaging, the framework of whatever's in your headline on LinkedIn, because we're all on LinkedIn right now. So I'll use LinkedIn, but whatever you put in that headline helps you position yourself. Mind what you can see on mine right now is when it's time for your personal brand to grow the fuck up. That's what I'm here for because I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff for you. But sweetie, I promise you, I'm going to love on you the way that, that I know how I can't love on you the way somebody else. Oh, well, see, I can't handle that. Then I'm not for you. I make sure that my, my position is strong. So understand when you're doing your personal brand thing and you're having the, these conversations, when you're going on and you're doing other LinkedIn um, audio rooms, when you're doing your own, there's certain seeds that you need to plant in order to take a position within people's minds. Because all of this branding and marketing, it's a psychological game. And it's how you get into people's minds. Uh, how, how many of y'all know what a Mac Daddy is? Do y'all remember Mac Daddies? Because see, being a girl that used to hit the club when I was 16 years old, yes, I had fake ID back then. Oh, my goodness. I was all about the Mac Daddies because I love me a pretty boy. I ain't going to even lie. And so and we used to talk about Mac Daddies being able to talk you out of your jaws. Y'all can't even talk somebody out of a dollar, let alone $10, because you haven't taken up a position. Phyllis, you have to explain this Mac Daddy thing. I have no idea what this is. You don't know what oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, For the people like me who are not... For people like you, like, I got you, Jason, I got you. We, uh, back in the day, we used to call dudes who had... You know, you know when a dude has game? When he can push up on any girl and get... I'm going to yell in a minute. Hold on. Yep. Hold on just a second. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah, I also want to let the people listening to our conversation know that, you know, uh, I'm going to start inviting people up. So if you do want to ask a question, please raise your hand and I would be happy to bring you up. Yeah. Okay, Jason. Talking uh, about Mac Daddies. Mac Daddies are the guys that used to run up on all the girls and just knew that they had game. They could, they could talk and they could finesse and they could just push up on any girl and get damn near any girl. And even some of the ugliest dudes would push up on a girl. They was just, they, they game was just that strong. So when you talk about a Mac daddy, these are the guys who, who basically you talk a good game. That's all it is. And sometimes you win the game and sometimes you lose, but that does not kill your Mac. It's like, okay, it didn't work on her. Let me go move over here. So that, that those were the Mac daddies back in the day. Neil was a Mac daddy. My husband, when I met my husband, y'all, y'all about to hear a little TMI, a little secret. Well, there ain't no secret because we tell everybody. When I met my husband, my husband had two other women. But guess who's still here after 20 years? <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> But he did. He had two other women. Neil's, Neil's Mac game was strong. He is a straight up flirt and he got it honest from his daddy. So it's that's just the, how that rolls. But like I said, when you out here with your Mac game and you're trying to entice your ATM, to work with you in some shape, form, or fashion, sweetie, your game got to be strong. And I'm saying that instead of saying your pimp hand, because some of y'all might be offended by pimp hand, <laughs> but it's a thing to me. So being a Mac daddy, sweetheart, Matt, I love you because you just laugh at everything too. Matt, Matt, and, um, Matt and Ronnie, my favorite sister's name was Ronnie. I just want you to know that. Um, but 
all of these different things that, that you're trying to do with your personal brand and bring it to the forefront, trying to take up space on, on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're trying to take up space is about positioning. And you position yourself not by always trying to sell something, but about by planting seeds of where you want to exist. I'm here for the mature people. I know that. I'm here for mature people who appreciate good things, but they also understand that just bad English does not dictate low education. Like I said, I have degrees. I know how to invest. I have a rental property. I have investments. In, and I could not do those things without knowledge and education and understanding. But the way that I speak, people make judgments and that ain't my problem. So my Mac game is strong, but it is what it is. Does that help you, Jason? Absolutely. See, Absolutely. Okay, Jason, wait, wait, wait. You got Mac game because you got me to do a daggone rap on your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> so you got game, Jason, you got game. <laughs> Right, right, right. I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, people did join. And I specifically want to actually encourage Vanya and Angela and Wade, Claudia, Ronnie, Cass, and others who are actually listening to this conversation to, to come up on stage and contribute or at least say hi because uh, this is the last episode on this series. I want you to make the very best out of it. It doesn't matter how you speak. If your English is broken like myself, it doesn't matter. Uh, do not hesitate to come up. Nobody is going to judge you. All right. And while we are actually doing this, let's actually uh, go ahead with the first individual who, who came up on stage. Her name is Lachelle Atkins, America's Supermom. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. How are you doing? Do you have a question? Would you like to contribute? Or would you like to say hi? Uh, well, thank you so much, Jason. I'm so glad to see you. It's been a long time. And um, I love the consistency and how you're still showing up. And Phyllis, uh, I just love your presentations. Um, I was able to hear you with uh, Chris. Um, can't think of his last name. But so, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just really have a, a great way of expressing your brand and your knowledge. And my question is, so many people are not at that space because they're holding something back, mm -hmm. you know, and you're able to fully embrace who you are. And this is what I believe is the problem with a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs, however you want to classify it. You know, there's this trepidation about really being who they are. So what mm -hmm. advice would you give to them that are listening? Sweetheart, I would find the the space where you're more, most courageous. So I actually leaned into to my insecurities in order to do mine. Um, being ghetto country is part; it was part of my insecurity because I felt people judged me based on that. But figuring out how you show up boldly with courage, because all courage is is doing it afraid, and knowing that you know what what level of humor am I going to bring to this? Am I going to be serious? And if you're going to be serious, then you know you're going to attract a certain crowd. If you don't like that crowd, then baby, you can't be so fucking serious. That's on you, because you need to own all of what you bring to this game. And like I said, I don't say take it personally. I said own it, own the space that you're in. If you're nerdy, then talk nerdy to them. Own that. If you are sexy, sweetie, talk sexy. If 
who, if you're a sexy engineer and you know how to work that because that's where you're comfortable, sweetie, own it. People are going to judge you like, oh, well, she, she engineer shouldn't dress like that. How is your, that your business? The thing that I always tell people that you need to understand when you're out here and you're doing your thing, sweetie, they don't pay your bills or provide your meals. So they can't say shit about what you do. You're the only one taking care of that right now or whoever you're married to or partnered with or whatever. Unless they're actually being of service with you or they're actually buying your services, even when they buy your services, they do not get to control how you show up. And I and going back to my restaurant days, people come in, oh, well, you should make vegetarian food. Sweetie, it says real good meat on there. You need to take that shit somewhere else. You get to control the narrative all up and through. But you have to own it and you have to be comfortable with owning it. And I'm this is the disclaimer. The first five or 10 times that you own it is not going to be comfortable and it is not going to be easy. You're going to feel like you're outside of your comfort zone because you're doing it in your business instead of in your personal life. But if you know that this is the space where you feel most comfortable doing business, this is where you can show up your most powerful, then bring that shit to the forefront and leave the rest for yourself. It's not saying bring it all, but bring two, three, five things, however many things you can handle within your personal brand. And that's all you need. I'm bringing my nerdy to the, to the, to the game. I'm bringing my nerdy to the whip and chains. I don't care. Own the space and do your thing. But again, you're going to have to get comfortable with it if you're not automatically comfortable with it. My husband is a straight up media whore. So it ain't enough for him to jump in front of a camera or a mic or anything else. Everybody's not a media whore. I wasn't a media whore. I'm still not a media whore, but I just show up. So understand what that looks like for you and then own the space. Does that help, Miss Lachelle? Yeah, that was good. And I think, you know, uh, just one follow-up question. I know that there's other mm -hmm. people on the page. You know, what was it, when was that turning point for you to be there where you're just like owning that? What mm. was it that? The first time I said out loud in a crowded space that I was ghetto country. That, um, I promise you, I wanted to run and hide. I really did. I wanted to not say anything else. And I just felt like everyone was watching me. But I said, I said it once, I can say it again. So I said it again. And it got to the places like, you know what, this is just it. it. I just given me a name or an identity to be ghetto country. I was raised hood adjacent by, I was raised hood adjacent by a country mama. My dad taught me how to fight. My mama taught me how to cook and be hospitable. So it is what it is. So Southern hospitality and I will wring your neck at the same time. I got you. But I do it in a way that's about business because I want you to get paid. I don't want no broke babies, period. These are my brand babies out here. So I get to bring all of the mothering that I have because I'm not a conventional mom. And you can ask my daughter. She even called me me mom on occasion. And I'm cool with that. But I get to bring my mother vibe to my business. And so you get to, like I say, take up space. If you know there is something about you, then own that space and get out there and say it out loud. Say it to yourself in the mirror a few times and look strange like, oh, this just feels so stupid and awkward. Let it feel stupid and awkward, but start to own it. And I promise you, it is going to change the way you come across in your content. Someone accused me of saying, oh, Phyllis like talking about herself. No, I don't. I'm just more comfortable with it. There's a difference. Love that. I mean, because it's a turning point when you, it's kind of like, 
um, you don't have to worry about you. You can focus on the other person. Yes. That's the thing that, you, you know, people don't understand when you get to that point, because it's not about you because you it's know not. you're good. It's, it's mm -hmm. about how you're going to serve other people. So I love it. I just love hearing you uh, teach. It's, it's just really a blessing and happy holidays to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you know, Lachelle Atkins, please continue to be on stage because we have a trivia question round, which will in include you and whoever else would be joining the question. You know, the, what do you call this thing? <laughs> you just the said trivia. The panel. Yeah, the panel. Yeah, the, the oh, virtual okay. panel. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I want to welcome Kingsley. Uh, you know, uh, thank you so much for joining the conversation. Kingsley, do you have a question? Would you like to contribute or would you like to say hi? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes to everything down, down the line from top to bottom. So, uh, man, hey, Jason, I just want to say appreciate you putting this together. You know, Phyllis, the, the grandma. Hey, I just, I just want to say that your realness is is effective right so um me i'm new to this linkedin space right i you know i'm a, I'm a veteran i transition and i'm learning how to reintegrate myself back into the uh civilian society right and um my brand or or, or what i do and, and i definitely look i was standing on that atm line i even put that down atm line. i'm standing like i got all my my wallet i got all the cards out i'm i'm, I'm putting in but you know, the uh, you punching the code and the code is wrong. But now that I got the code is right now and it, and I'm finally seeing you, you, you only make certain withdrawals. Right? I think, what, 500 a day or something like that. The way I make sure that you're not getting hit over the head. But um, what you bring to the table is very valuable. And I just want to say um, thank you. Right. Thank mm -hmm. you for sharing, because what what I've seen in this in this transition and my transition, like I said, I. I this is year five for me that I'm transitioning back, but it felt like yesterday that I, you know, did my time and then, and then now I'm doing, you know, doing this right here is, is resiliency. And for what you're sharing is, I don't see that genuineness coming from people, right? Like I know that for me, just listen to you, you're a straight shooter, right? Y'all, y'all say you're a precision straight shooter, but from what I get, cause this is what I look. I, I'm going to be who I am, right? And I'm going to let you decide on what I am to you. And that's the way how I hear that you're coming across. Like, yo, I'm going to be me. You know, if you want to come in and, and get knowledge, get information from me, I know it works because, look, <laughs> look at my offspring. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's understood that doesn't need to be said, right? And, and, and what you're showing is that you have to be comfortable in yourself before you can make others comfortable, if that makes sense. That so, makes perfect sense, yes. So I just yeah. want to say thank you for sharing. And, and I'm like, okay, so now I'm, I'm like, yo, I, I could be myself. Like I was, you know, I, I got to dial back. A lot of people like, yo, you too hype. Like, yo, I'm living. Like, I, that's why I'm hype. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I try to take myself out, but I'm living. So yeah, I'm going to be hype. So some people, they don't like the hype. And that's okay. Keep it, keep it moving. Because it's six billion and nine hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Somebody that else is part. gonna think that I need to be a part to keep them going or keep me going or whatever. Yo, keep it moving. That's that's cool. I'm keep you know. There are people that need the hype. There are right. So, the hype. so so I'm gonna say. Let me ask you a question, though, yeah. Let me ask you a question, right quick. 
you keep talking about transitioning from military to uh, what to, to resilience. Is do you need to make that transition, or do you just need to own that? You know what? I'm a military dude. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm, and what I mean by that is I was real um, ashamed of my um, my mental health, but now mm-hmm. that. That's what that's my cornerstone right now, right? Like, yeah, okay, so what? I was in the institution, and like, you know, what I'm saying, like, it's like, like you said, you take back that power from people that try to try to use it against you or use it like I'm not sharing everything, but what I'm saying is, like, if I tell you I done did something, you can't use that against me and try to hold that, you know, like, oh, you okay, yeah, so what, and so what, and and like you said, (laughs) yeah, you and, and like you said, like, okay, and. You know, okay, you did this, and okay, what are you bringing? What problems are you solving for your client, for your customer, for yourself? Like, what solutions are you bringing to the table? Are you just coming here and, you know, we're at Thanksgiving, right? So, you know, are you coming in at the door? You're knocking on the door with your to-go tray already in your hand. You didn't even bring in no contribution. You, you come in with a doggy bag to go. No, nothing. At least you'll bring a go. Go get your two-liter RC Cola and come with the, with the grapes or at least something. Right, like, uh, but, but, or, or, or you want to come with the? I'm a person of analogy, right? So you want to come with the bottom, the uh, the bottom shelf alcohol, but then you want to go for the top shelf stuff and drink yeah. up all the people them stuff. But then, yeah, I know we know them people. Yeah, and, and and then have the audacity to take your stuff where you leave. You're like, you didn't even leave it with you. You 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 coming? You you just bringing that to come into the door. But then and when you, you leave out, nobody else. There you go. Take it back home. There you go. And I just want to say. Thank you for sharing, because like this is, to me, this is like, pow, like this is the great way to end out the year, to end out this Thanksgiving. Like, I'm just being thankful. So I thank you for sharing and being um, able to share, right? Because not everybody is not, you know. <laughs> I know, they're still trying to be polished. They're, they're yeah. Polished That's all they are. Yeah, but like I said, hey, they there's six other billion other people out there. So you know, if I'm not for you, if you're not for them, yo, keep it moving. And I'm gonna keep myself moving. And then when y'all see me out here, then you know we have a conversation. Do your thing, dude. Do your yeah. thing. Appreciate it. So I salute you, ma'am. And and Thank JT, you. as always, you know, you bring yeah, JT, you, you be bringing that fire. You be bringing that fire. So I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that, Kingsley. We appreciate you being a part of this conversation. And thank you so much for your service. And I know I have been introduced to you too by LJ. So shout out to LJ Hayward for doing that. So nice to have you on the show and have this interaction. So we have a lot of other people who joined the conversation. So let me make this quick. Please continue to be here. We're going to have a, like a trivia thing, like I said. So hi, Matt. Thank you so much for being here. Do you have a question? Would you like to contribute or say hi? Oh, hey, thanks, Jason. Uh, Phyllis, I am thankful for you and your wisdom on this Thanksgiving week. Um, I just do want to remind everybody that I am Matt and I am also a daddy. Um I will watch my mouth. I got you, sweetie. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. No, no, and that's how, like I said, and that's how you create boundaries. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm rebellious, but I'm respectfully rebellious. I respect your house, sweetie. I, I would not disrespect you like that. So I get it. Oh no, no disrespect. I was just making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't talking no more than Matt. Forget you. <laughs> I got a super specific question, but I want to hear your take on What's it. What's your question? So, 
in terms of LinkedIn, if we're building a company brand, we're building, you know, whatever we're selling, we have our company page and we're putting everything in there. And I know this is super specific and I'm sorry, but no, go ahead, baby. do you recommend kind of building that brand under the company page and then supporting it with your personal page? Or are you sort of like all in on the personal page and then, you know, maybe not even doing anything over there on the company page? <sighs> are you currently a business of one? I will be whenever I get off my ass. <laughs> okay, when you get off your ass and you're a business of one, then you're going to have to keep it personal. Because one of the things I've been thinking about writing is starting a business with a personal brand. Because people are going to listen to you before they look at your business. So when you do, like I said, when you get off your ass, sweetie, start with the personal brand. Then as you grow and people want to know more about your business, then you can start planting seeds on the business page. Because there are going to be people, because they're afraid that you're going to ask them to spend some money, that they will follow your business page instead of follow you. And that's that's fine. So you give them a little good and plenty over there, but you keep all the goodness over here. But they then, like I said, a lot of people will not follow or engage with, with personal brands or your personal profile because they feel like at some point you're going to try to sell them. But you, this is where all the magic happens because they can actually hear you. They can see you more. And those profiles get pushed out a lot more because it takes a lot to build up your business, your business page. Because the, the way that um, LinkedIn works, it'll let you invite, I think, 100, 100 or 250 people um, every 30 days. And you can invite all those people and you may only get five. So you have to make sure that, you know what, let me do my business over here under the personal profile. Let me make the magic happen over here. But then as you gain popularity, those people that start to follow you, they want more Then you send them over to the business page. And if you want to keep the two kind of separate, then there's content that you put on your personal profile that does not show up on your business profile and vice versa. So, but don't just put your marketing on your business profile, which I see a lot of people do. They'll, they, they won't say anything out here personally, but they'll put all, oh, I have a workshop coming up. Sweetie, you only got 10 followers over there. Why are you telling them? So you, so over here is where the magic happens until you're able to get people over to the other side. Does that help? Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you think like your personal, keeping it on the personal side yes. and then, you know, still kind of feeding the sort of like nerdy things that support the company on the company profile. And yes. eventually as things grow, there's going to be more people that move over there, but mm-hmm. you know, I got more people under my account. Yes, you do. And cool. they want to hear from Thank you. you. But in the same vein, as you do stuff over here on the personal, make sure that you're constantly endorsing the business because the bad habit of what people want, everybody wants to know the owner and everybody wants to engage with the owner. And if you plan to grow beyond the business of one, then make sure you're endorsing the business because otherwise they'll never, they'll never want to leave you alone. Well, I came to see you, but I don't do that anymore. I hired somebody to do that. And they don't want to hear that because people are spoiled. And they decided, I know my clients are spoiled. One of my clients, he he owns his brattiness. And is is and that's a thing because I'm very hands-on. But when I start licensing out other brand parents, sweetie, every other brand parent, how they decide to treat their brand babies is on them. How I treat my brand babies is on me. So as you as you continue to grow and as you decide when you get off your ass to do your thing, 
They're going to hear from you first, but always endorse the business. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Uh, all this talk about barbecue, I am going to go out and get dinner now because I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> but it is always nice to, to hear from you. I think I've listened to like four out of eight of this series, or I'm sorry, I, I'm adding I'm adding series to this. No, don't, don't give him any more ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it, it's been awesome, Jason. I am in awe of uh, your your talent for facilitating this. And, and Phyllis, I don't need to compliment you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you, Matt. You too. That is incredible, Matt. Thank you so much. Please continue to be on stage. I want to say hi to Wade, my good friend. And he has been a strong supporter and listener to my podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Do you have a question, my friend? Or would you like to contribute or say hi? Hey, JT. It's uh, fantastic being here. I just want to thank Phyllis so much for you know your authenticity. Uh, everything that you've brought to, you know, these uh, miniseries has just been absolutely immense and so insightful and uh, appreciated very much. So uh, that's pretty much about it. The only other thing that it, uh, really resonated me with me is with today's show is when both of you were talking about all these other uh, people out there as far as trying to sell people on communications and, and how to be uh, leaders and, and, and build that business and, you know, bringing in, uh, trying to get people to, to buy their stuff. You know, I'll do this uh, uh, mini webcast and, and try to tell you how to do everything, but they don't. And then they want to sell you something at the very end. And mm -hmm. there's just no authenticity in there whatsoever. It just shows no goodwill. And then they want your your email addresses and and contact information, and then it's just nonstop spam phoning and 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 so forth, and that's no way to build a a, a brand. Yeah, I agree with you, Wade, hundred percent. So, happy Thanksgiving. Wish you all the very best, and thank you again for all your insight. Thank you, Wade. I appreciate you, sweetie. Thank you, Wade. Thank you so much. Please continue to be on stage. I want to say hi to Cash. Thank you so much uh, for the shout out once again. Do you have a question? Would you like to contribute? Maybe make us happy with some of your jokes. I'll say hi. <laughs> now, Jason, you know I'm not a clown. And I think Brian was before me. <laughs> Brian was before you. He just wasn't paying attention. And he didn't want to let him up here. So ladies I'm going first, to unmute myself, first, like, unmute myself, I, so Brian can go first. <laughs> I've got manners, so ladies first. Go right ahead, Cass. Come on, Cassalicious. I, I was actually trying to get myself out of a bind because Jason didn't give you the um, notice this week to take notes, like, 10 minutes before <laughs> he opened up this panel. <laughs> okay, but tell me this, Cass. Did you take notes? I doubt. I had things in my head and I think we need to have a serious conversation because as you were speaking, there was like a revelation. There was no choir singing angelically, but it was like, okay, so it you know, I find Brandon really sexy and like creative people are sexy. And then there's me who's in the background, just fixing up and pinning where it needs to be pinned. And I'm thinking, well, with branding, don't you look outwards, whereas I'm looking inside. 
the it's business. A new thing. It's a new thing. Well, I don't know if it's new, but it's a new thing that I'm hearing. But what they're talking about is employer branding, and that's how they're referencing it. It's similar to what you do with policies and procedures, but they're calling it employer branding. But a lot of time, from what I'm seeing, is just a new way to have an old conversation because your 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 company culture is still toxic, um, and what you're trying to get rid of is toxicity. So if you start talking about um, internal communities and employer branding, tell them don't do that surface shit. Employer branding just is just whitewashing. So that's oh, not fixing anything. I think if they've got employee branding, I could go on to that. That makes I me know. sexy too. I also, I also sent you <laughs> I a, um, <laughs> I sent you a link a while back. Hopefully you got it. But yeah, like I said, you can definitely speak on employer branding. And it's one of the things that we had talked about a while ago, because I think what you do and how you present it is branding from the inside out from companies that have already been built and they're trying to get rid of the toxic toxic atmosphere that they built within their company. They're trying to increase loyalty. They're trying to treat everyone fairly. That is the version of um, employer branding. So you got this. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're trying to increase the um, loyalty. Um, well, no, because some put people me still agree. something. Yeah, you put me onto something this, this week and I've been watching the story of I've got to call it a story of open AI unfold. Yeah. And the CEO that is trying really... to get the job back. But if for the first time ever, maybe you have heard of it before, but I have never heard of 97% of the workforce, the actual team, writing a letter to the board and say, bring him back. <laughs> and when you bring him back, you leave. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. And when people have difficulty understanding what this employee engagement and appreciation is, if you don't know and you can't comprehend what that is, this is it. But I guess in a branding, um, bringing it back to what you're talking about, do you see when all these other tech firms are coming in and doing these open offers? Come to us. We will give you exactly what you're on now. Come and stay with us you think that you are going to somehow assume what was there and they're coming to your environment what's your environment like you can't pick it up and drop it into where you are he is i don't know nothing about this man but from speculating and seeing what i see on the outside he has an internal community he, he has people that are fighting for him yes and what and they're still doing is saying Come, come, we'll pay you exactly the same. That's not what they're looking for. There's something no. else that he's doing that not even the board could understand because he's gone and only one has flipped out of four. One has flipped to the other side of the masses and says, okay, maybe I don't understand, but I'm going with the crowd now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I thought that was something, uh, a great storyline that you could capitalize on because there aren't a lot of com companies that do that. A lot of the tech companies that came about when they started blowing up, they brought in the, the juice bars and the coffee bars and the bean bags and all the bullshit, but it didn't make it any less toxic because you work with people like slaves and, and just did all the things and you thought it was cute because you made the office look pretty and friendly and relaxing, but your people are still stressed the fuck out. It's a facade. And what you're trying to do is get past the facade. 
So I think you can you can find your space in that. When people are talking about employer branding, talk about the getting past the bullshit because you can say what you want to say and you can pay what you want to pay. But if your policies and procedures don't back that shit up, then everybody's still still in a fucking toxic environment. Yeah, and you can have a real good outfit and look the very best in your branding that you're putting out to the world. Yeah. But how do you look on the inside? Nasty ass attitude. <laughs> you say it so nicely. <laughs> ah, lipstick on a pig, lipstick on a pig. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for that, Cass. Oh, shit. You know, we completed one hour, 44 minutes. I know. Come on. We said we was going to keep it to two hours. Come yeah, on. I, know, I, know, I, know, I know. I know. Okay. So let's, let's say hi to Brian. Okay. So, Brian, go ahead. Now, do you have a question? Would you like to contribute? Say hi. I just have one. Brian's actually, a future brand baby. But, yeah. I actually just want to get up and say hi. Every time I am in a room with Phyllis, I learn something new. And, um, you know, for anyone who's never really experienced her to the fullest, Follow her, learn from her, because she drops nuggets. And there's not a lot of people who's, there's a lot of gatekeepers who will entice you of like, hey, I've got an answer, I've got an answer, and they never give you the answer. It's kind of like they were saying they sell you on a program, and she's never really been one of those people. Um, and Jason as well, uh, I want to thank you for your for your help. You and I have been messaging on, on a project I'm working on. So people like this are people that we need and people who are trying to step up as examples because not everyone is doing this and it, and it empowers people like myself to try to put put ourselves out there like i know my man kingsley you got new york energy bro i can hear it in your voice so even though i i know you from it says san antonio on your on your on your profile i know you from up here brother because i can hear it in your voice i was like yo that, that man is from up north he's a yankee if he ain't from jersey he's from from the city are you right uh, brooklyn so, brooklyn there you go so I just want to thank you both because you're both like very educated in what it is that you do and you offer a lot to your community um, and you probably don't get as much as you give. So I just, you know, in this thankful moment, I want to be thankful for the two of you. Cass, my girl down there, my people in the bottom, Vanya, Angela, I've met all of these great people through Phyllis. So it's like, you know, she's opened up a lot of doors for myself indirectly. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you and that you've done a great job in this whole series. So kudos to you. Love to you too, sweetie. And when I have um, Brian, Cass, Angela, Vanya, like I said, those are all my brand babies. But what I do, I used to do once a month. And Cass, yes, I will bring it back before you start fussing. I do Grandma's Open House. And Lynette's been to Grandma's Open House too. But Grandma's Open House is where it is not something, because I'm not good with Facebook groups and I'm not good with, putting people on a paid subscription with Circle. So what I do is grandma's open house maybe once a month or once every other month. We come back there, we shoot the shit, bring your own drink, bring your own buzz, however you rolling. We talk about branding, we talk about business, and we just talk about you know, how stressful it is to be a business one or a few. And it's, it's not a bitch session, so don't come in there and don't come in there trying to pick my brain just because I let you in the room. But we will talk about some shit. So trust and believe. Next time I have one, if you guys want to come, just let me know and I'll make sure everyone happens. Cash, should I do one for Christmas? No. Okay, good. I'm okay. on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, a lot of my shit revolves around Cass because she is the FOMO queen. Oh my God. She thinks she's going to get left out and she just has a shit fit. 
All right, I'm done. Go ahead. I'm just happy that you've got another bratty um, brand baby that has replaced me. (laughs) Oh, Cass, he makes you look tame. He makes you look tame. But anyway. Just just real quick also, Sam Altman was reinstated as a CEO. So, Cass, that's like the perfect ending to what anything you would speak on culture. They made it happen. He's he's already been rehired. Wow, that is interesting. Wow. Damn thing. He's just, I, I like him already. Oh. All right. I appreciate the compliment, uh, Brian, and thank you so much for coming up on stage and saying hi and sharing those nice things about me and Phyllis and everyone else who is on stage. So thank you so much for that. Shout out to you, brother. I wish you luck with your podcast, which you're trying to launch. I think it's going to be kick-ass for sure. And since we have limited amount of time, and I don't think, Phyllis, we should be able to do trivia. I don't think so. Now looking at you know how close we are to the two-hour mark, I want to say yeah. hi to Ronnie and uh, thank you so much for joining. Do you have a question or would you like to contribute or say hi? Hi, Jason. Phyllis, thank you so much. You have blessed my whole soul these last <laughs> couple of moments that I have just set in awe because you have you have given language to um, just questions I've had in my head, but I didn't even know like what questions to even begin to ask. And let me tell you why. So I am new to the entrepreneurial space mm-hmm. and um, and I am working with an executive coach. Actually, my coach is Lachelle. <laughs> um, and so as we're working together, we've really finished our goals that, that I started with about six months ago with her. But now, you know, as I'm evolving as a person, so I was laid off from corporate and now I'm going into being an entrepreneur, you know, it's like, how do you disbrand what you used to be (laughs) or what you used to do. And, and now I don't know, do you rebrand or do you birth or do you, you know, how do you grow into or, or, or become in this space that you're walking into though you're not there yet, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where you're going. Like, how do you do that? (laughs) Oh, a layer at a time, a layer at a time. And I'm serious because I do, I have a corporate background. I started working when, what, when I was 16 years old. Um, So I've never been one for fast food jobs and all that kind of stuff. I worked in a restaurant once before I had my own, but I worked in a restaurant once to help out a friend, but I've always had a corporate job. You wouldn't think it to, to look at me now, but yes. And one of the things when I left my job, uh, when I quit my last job, it was letting go of all of the corporate stuff, I promise you, I think it took about two years to just shed it all because it's so easy to fall back into it. And I tell people, even when I write, my writing is still very corporate. It's very succinct and it's very like get to the point. Um, But part of what people need when they're talking about this type of thing, you need some story behind it. So I actually have to go back and read my own. It's like, girl, please expand on this. Stop being so so shady it, because I that's just how I was brought up to write all of those years. But I'm able to speak the way that I want to speak, but trying to be colloquial in my writing is sometimes a challenge. So it's going to take you some time to shed those things. But as you shed them, just know that you're going to the core of what you want to show up as. It's like stop depending on the things that you know how to do or the titles that you had. 
What you do is not who you are. And so when you start tapping into those things of like, I am a friendly person. Do I want to be friendly in my business? No, I don't want that many fucking friends because I need them to pay me my money. So you need to, you know, you need to rein in the friendliness on it. But then you decide, you know what? But I'm always cheerful. Do I want to bring cheer to my brand? And if I do, how much? So if you gauge between one and 10, I'm like, you know what? I'm only going to bring about a four worth, four worth of cheer to this. And th those are the things that you want to tap into to what you're going to bring to this personality wise. It is not what you do. And even though I do personal branding, that's not who I am. And that's why I know the difference between Phyllis and the ghetto country grandmother. So understand that it's going to take a minute, especially if you've been in the corporate game for a while. Cass has been in the corporate game as well. But it's going to take you some time. And when you when you notice it, you're going to check yourself and know that you might have to check yourself 10 times in one day. That is not me. That is not, that's what I do. That is not who I am. And now I don't want to do that anymore. Stop doing it. Stop naming those things. Stop labeling those things. Cause I truly believe that words have power. And like I told you, I was raised in the church. So I truly believe that. And, um, one of the things my old pastor told me before I left California, cause when I started speaking, I'm like, you know what? My faith is strong. And one of the things I don't want to get caught up in is running people off because they think I'm preaching at them. So I talked to my pastor back then. And one of the things he told me, he said, if you have to mention it, mention it and move on. If you have to say something, you know what? I walk by faith and not by sight and all that other stuff and then move on because you're not a preacher. You're not trying to get somebody to go to church. You're not trying to convert somebody. You're trying to do business. And I took that from my pastor way back when that was about five or six years ago. So it's understanding that there are things that, that aren't going to come to your brand. I don't bring my church to my brand. I'm talking to y'all about it today, but I don't bring my church to my brand. Whether I go or not is not y'all's business because I ain't inviting y'all to church. But what I'm inviting you to is to learn how to brand strategically with a personal brand, not a business brand. Now, while I can tap into both, I rather work with people than tell you how to build your business. So there's a, there's a thing there. So it, you're going to shed it just like anything else. You're going to start to take those layers off. And you're going to look back in a year or two and you're like, damn, that's a whole lot of growth because it is going to be a level of growth and you're going to level up and you're going to be okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. And the last question that I had for you is, do you by chance do incubators of any kind or do you do, you know, like boot camps for, for, for me, <laughs> for I people do. like me? <laughs> I do. And we could talk about it because depending on how you want to do it, one of the things that I'm able to do because I know how I work and I'm very limited in how many people I take on at one time. So because everybody can't, well, you know, you and I'll talk, we'll talk, send me a DM and you and I'll talk and I'll explain it to you because I don't need to put it out in the public world. And people are like, well, I want to, and I want to, no, I don't even like you like that. Because <laughs> the thing that I will tell you, I don't give discounts to strangers, never will. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's not what I'm offering, but we can talk about some other alternatives. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you so very much. You're welcome, sweetheart. That is Happy lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Phyllis, can we try, can we do question number five? You wanted, uh, for you, trivia. Which question do you want to do? Number five for trivia. And number we can five. have like, you know, everybody else. We can go through the whole panel, you know, because I want to really do it. We have like five minutes. Can we do that quickly? So let's do a trivia if that's okay. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, didn't I tell y'all Jason be holding me hostage? This is how he hold me hostage. You can ask me to 
Oh my goodness. So he had these trivia things that he wants to talk about and, um, and y'all got to figure out what it is. And basically you just have to figure out who said this and it's based on something fictional. So I'll put it like that. And if you're old enough, and I don't think some of y'all not old enough to know what this is. And some of y'all don't even look like y'all would watch this, but is it, don't you put words in people's mouth. You put turkey in people's mouth. Who said that? And what show was it? Hmm. It's a TV show. Can you give us some hint, Phyllis, for the listeners? Oh, the hint? Um, what is the hint? It's a sim- sitcom. No. Here's the hint. Central Perk. Anybody can randomly answer it. Friends. Who said it, though? Wade. Wade said friends. Anybody else? Anybody know, else? but who? Wade. No, not who said it. I'm not. I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Okay. I got confused. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I know Wade said it. Oh, that was. Sorry about the confusion, guys. Imagine if I had to say it. Okay. That's okay. Brands at home. That's another one. Um, Let's see. You want to ask one more? Yeah, hold on. Okay, hold on. I didn't hold expect that, on. but all right, let's go on. Okay. <laughs> you can't have Thanksgiving without turkey. That's like the 4th of July without apple pie on Friday with no two pizzas. Who said it? Anyone. Oh, this should be... I have a lot of kids and I didn't get to watch a lot of TV. (laughs) (laughs) So this is very biased. You always try out that shit. You British. (laughs) But somebody in the comments got it. Vanya got it. Vanya got it. Yes. Yes. Vanya got it. Yes. That was still Joey, y'all. Yeah, the same guy and same 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 guy. All right, but anyways, I I want to play the sound effect, which I've been dying to play from the beginning. And the winner is... Uh, We have three. Wade, congratulations. Cass, congratulations. And Vanya, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually going to miss this. Excuse me. You hear me, Jason? Yeah, I I'm do. I'm going to miss this with you. Why? Oh, shit, it's not stopping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So I, w- I want to thank you, Phyllis, once again uh, for making this a success. I'm glad we were able to finish it in the uh, two-hour mark as intended. Do you have any last thoughts uh, before we wrap up today's shows? And I want to personally say happy Thanksgiving to each and everyone. Uh, listening to our conversation. Please go ahead. Okay, here's here's my, my parting thought. Vanya, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Vanya sent me a message talking about part seven next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a thing. But if you guys have any questions or if you guys think I should do a workshop of some kind, and I already know my shit, but I usually don't do a lot of workshops um, just on the regular because you have to market workshops. 
and the way that I work, my business model is that I, my main bread and butter comes from taking on 10 clients a year and taking them long-term. That's my normal thing. So workshops are not on the regular. If I get enough people that say they want a workshop, if they want uh, um, something of that nature, if I get enough people that do, do it, that say they want it, I will make it happen. And I promise you, I'm that type of person, whether one person shows up or five people show up, y'all going to get all the same strength as if it was a full ass room of 100 people. That's how I work. And that's that's my business, me doing business my way, because you deserve whatever I have to pour out on you and all of that good stuff. So that's my two cents. And y'all, don't let these folks on LinkedIn work your nerves. If LinkedIn is your platform and you go all in on it, the thing that I do want you to do, though, is have some way to lead people off of LinkedIn. Get them into your email because y'all know some of y'all have experienced it where LinkedIn will kick you off. I don't know. They were going through a phase or something. But the thing that you want to do is that you want to navigate people towards some type of email list. And that's where you want to nurture. Here is where you're going to create brand awareness. Your email list is where you're going to nurture that. And that's where you begin your sales funnel. So understand what you're trying to lead them to and give them something nurturing that's on your website. If you can't lead them there because you don't have a website yet, then create long form content on YouTube and lead them to that one because you want to have as many touch points as possible. And one of the things that, that I've been doing lately with, the, with one of my clients, your, your onboarding process needs to be branded as well. So how you onboard your clients, that's another touch point. And that still should be brand, be a brand experience that, that you want them to have. When you offboard them, that should be a branded experience as well. So just understand what where you're trying to lead them and why. If there are people that have been clients for a while and they only say like all of you went and bought the book, then you probably will go to my website because you want more nurturing, but you're not ready to, to engage with me. And that's fine. So you understand how your funnel is going to go. Then you know how to lead people with the message that you put out there. It's like, okay, if you want to see this whole video, go check out my YouTube. They On your YouTube, you know, if you want to learn more about this, go get the book. Okay, you got the book and you want to know more, let's get on a, on a discovery call. Understand the path that you're creating because you're trying to create a sales funnel somewhere, but you also have to look at the lifetime value of anyone you engage with. If you're looking at them as a one and done, trust me, you're going to have to work hard to keep your funnel full. That's the thing. So I'm done. Mic drop. Congratulations, Philip. We finally, finally, this was just an idea. This whole six part. You're going to miss me next week. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, it started off with an idea. And trust me, you know, I just had a very vague idea when I approached Phyllis. And she was kind enough to actually uh, speak about her entire book. You know, she actually gave all this information away for absolutely free. And I'm very grateful just to have the opportunity to learn from you. And people who are actually listening to this either on replay or, or live, I would highly encourage you to support Phyllis by taking advantage of all those courses she was referring to, or at least buy the book, if not the hard copy, at least the ebook. Uh, I think that would really make sense. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do uh, with the premium content offering. Like I'll figure this out with Phyllis, how I'm going to do it. But I'm going to leave it open for 30 days. 
you can consume the content download it listen to it and learn from it as much as you can there is a possibility i might just leave it just the way it is and not change anything also yeah so anything can be possible but i want to thank everyone who have been consistently listening to for uh you know to this show for the past 2 hours all those listeners vanya angela claudia tracy and jay and you know jay again uh mario you know this actually shows that at least what we are offering is making sense to you folks and everybody who joined the conversation the panel uh as a contributor contributor you know i appreciate all of you guys through cas brian kingsley ronnie uh lachelle atkins wait thank you so much without you guys uh you know i don't think my show would be such a success i'm trying my level best i'm not really perfect at what i do uh but you know i'm very happy and fortunate that i'm able to be around you people learn from you all each and one of you so that is that is very yeah i'm very appreciative of that happy thanksgiving to everyone please take jason, care of you jason. yeah go ahead one thing before before we go i'm i oh jay jay kingman an apology because when i called him out last week i was thinking of jay that's next to him pass is it pasqua i'm not sure how to pronounce yes it. but i thought that so i messed up but jay I, i knew who you were after i said it so i just wanted to apologize sweetie i was talking about that jay next to you you are not you're you weren't the person that i thought you were but you were the person that i know so i just wanted to apologize okay bye <laughs> thank you so much please take care of yourself guys i hope you guys enjoyed this thanksgiving uh, episode have a nice morning afternoon wherever you're in the world please take care of yourself and uh, you know have gratitude 